Welcome to Office Hours from TripleXChurch.com, where we answer your questions regarding sexuality, porn, sexual integrity, and more. Where nothing is off the table and all conversations are welcome. Now, here's your host, Carl Thomas. Welcome to Office Hours by Triple X Church. I'm your host, Carl Thomas. I'm a pastor, certified neurohealth coach, and quite frankly, a guy who struggled with a lot of the stuff we are going to be talking about today for nearly 20 years until I found freedom about a decade ago. With me, as always, is our producer and my good friend, Neil, who works with the ministry in a variety of capacities. In today's episode, we are going to be jumping in and, as always, answering some really interesting and even difficult questions, such as, can someone help convince my husband to abandon his lustful life and preserve our marriage? How does someone confess a struggle with porn-fueled violence against women if it's illegal and could end them up, well, in jail? Will God eventually walk away from me since I've blown up my life? And should married couples talk about what they want to do with each other in the bedroom in regards, obviously, to sex and foreplay? That's just some of what we will be discussing today. So make sure you hang in there, jump into these topics with us, recognize that no questions are off the table, and I'm going to be as honest and as blunt with my answers as I possibly can. So please don't get offended. We can always agree to disagree. Without any further delay, let's jump in. Neil, what do you have for us today? All right, first question. I need someone that was delivered from lust and temptation to pray and talk to my husband because he will listen to them. He's getting attacked really hard by the enemy and wants to go back to his lustful life and end the marriage. Okay, so clearly I would say this question was submitted by a wife, right? Mm -hmm. She says, hey, can somebody who's had experience talk, basically talk my sense into my, uh, talk some sense into my husband? That's, that's the essence of the question. And um, we get questions like this from time to time. Hey, usually it's, hey, can you talk to me? I need some help. It's interesting that it's coming from the wife saying, hey, can you please talk to my husband? I think he'll listen to you. First thing is this. I mean, admittedly, we don't. We don't do the one-on-one calls with people like this because, honestly, the majority of the time, and when I say majority, I mean 99% of the time, they never really go anywhere. Uh, we get a lot of people who, and you know, they reach out in the moment uh, because their life's on tilt, they need some help, and so, oh, hey, let me just call this number or let me email this company and see if they can give me the, the magic answer, and we talk about that all the time. Uh, in this case, it's even more difficult because you're dealing with a spouse who is clearly in a lot of pain, and I don't want to minimize that at all. Uh, that, is a, that is a significant issue, and I think it's awesome that she's trying to seek help for him. The problem is that she's trying to seek help for him. That's the problem. I mean, it's a good thing, but it's also a bit of the problem. He's not seeking help for himself. And while you say, well... He'll listen to somebody who's had this, who's had experience, who's done this, who's done that. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, yes, we go to experts, right? That's why we go to counselors. That's why we do workshops. That's why we read books. Like, we are looking for knowledge. And so somebody who's been down this road can give him the knowledge that he wants, probably. The problem is they can't give him the desire to do something about it. Nobody can do that but him. Or God. 
right? I mean, God can change a person, but I, I can't want it for him. That's why when I see, well, porn coaches out there on Instagrams with, hey, sign up for my $5,000 course and I guarantee you'll be free from porn in 60 days. I want to leave the comment in big, big bold letters, bullcrap. Because not that I'm saying their course is junk or that their coaching is junk, but you can't guarantee squadouche. You can't guarantee anything because ultimately it comes down to the person and what, what's their desire level like. Do they really want this? Are they going to go after it? Are they going to do whatever it takes? And sometimes in this area, when a guy hears do whatever it takes, he gravitates towards, oh, throw out my computers, you know, install a blocker on everything I own, uh, never go to the beach again, avoid the mall at all, at all costs because there's lingerie stores. That's not what I mean. The, the hard work, the stuff that you have to really go after is actually way more difficult than that, I'm sorry to say. It's the counseling. It's the hard conversations. It's the introspection. It's the willingness to dig in and admit our weaknesses and our insecurities and you know, saying, hey, you know, this is, this, is a, this is a pain in my life I really don't want to address, but I have to because that's what's going to lead me to better healing. And all those things have to come from a desire for that person to do that. So if your husband's saying, hey, uh, you know, I just think I might as well just go back to my quote-unquote lustful ways and maybe just end the marriage, that's a sign of he's just ready to resign. And hopefully it doesn't go there. Maybe he can sit down with a friend. So a friend here would be a lot more powerful, someone he trusts, to explain to him the, the error of going that way, all right? But an expert or somebody who's been down that path that doesn't have a personal connection, they're not going to be able to talk that sense into him. They might be able to deliver the information, but ultimately he's the guy that has to decide to put his nose to the grindstone. And some guys do and some guys don't. Some guys, unfortunately, have to hit rock bottom, right? And rock bottom, everyone's rock bottom looks different. Sometimes it's just losing their family, Sometimes it's going to jail. You know, it's way worse. Uh, but, you know, hopefully that doesn't come to that. And I know this isn't tremendously uplifting, but we can't, nobody's going to be able to do that for you or him. He's got to do it for himself. Again, maybe the best person to bring in, not necessarily someone with an addictions background or a counseling background, but just someone that really loves you and loves him. And he loves them back. Like he trusts them. And so when they sit down, they say, hey, look, I don't know how you beat this thing. There's plenty of information out there on that. But I can tell you this. Giving up is the wrong way to go. That's going to hurt you. That's going to hurt your life. That's going to hurt your wife. That's going to hurt your relationship. Not, not, it's going to hurt your relationship with God, not on God's end, but on your end, right? Um, more likely that conversation is going to have a significant impact on him than a conversation with some guy who just happens to have a resume. So that's what I got for you. I know it's probably not the answer you wanted to hear, but it is the truth. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hard one. Next question is, how does a young man confess struggles he's having with porn-fueled violence with women? This is something that is likely illegal, so how does he get help? So I don't know, Neil, did you just select like the, the hardest two out of the bunch to start with? Giving you a run <laughs> through And everything here. else is a downhill yeah. slide after that? 
Oh my goodness. Um, all right. Well, this one again. This is gonna. Some of this answer is gonna sound like a cop out, to be honest. But, but it is the truth. Um, first of all, in terms of like the legalities and illegalities, and who do you t who can you tell and who you can't tell, there's no way I can answer that for you, uh, because all of it. I mean, all of it comes down to the the rules and the laws of where you live. What country, what state, what town, all this stuff matters, okay? So, yes, I would say, I don't know what porn fuel violence is. I guess what he's saying is he's violent towards a woman and he's blaming porn. I don't know if I'd go there. But regardless, violence against anyone, especially women and kids, but against anyone, it, it's most likely illegal behavior. You're correct there. Um, in terms of who can you go to because you might get in trouble, yeah, that's a very real possibility. In, there's something called a mandated reporter, and that, again, can vary from state to state. But if you go to a mandated reporter and you tell them a behavior that, or you confess to something that they are, by law, required to report, they will. They have to, or, they, or they'll lose their credentials. If you go to the, just a friend... And, I mean, I've seen this happen where someone goes to their friend with their deepest, darkest secrets, figuring their friend can trust them, and they can tr or, or figuring they can trust their friend. And the reality is they can trust their friend, but they confess something that's just, it's criminal, and it's, there's someone, you know, hey, I hurt this child, or something really bad, right, that, that has significant consequences to it. That's what I mean by bad. Sometimes that friend is going to be compelled to report it because they just don't feel right about holding on. Uh, there, there is something to be said about enablement, right? If you come to me and say, hey, I have a really bad porn addiction, I need help, I would be a bad friend to go around and tell everybody about your porn addiction, right? I would also probably be a bad friend to go tell your wife. I might tell you you need to tell your wife, but I'd be a bad friend to just go around and do that. You came to me, you confided in me, you're confided in me. But if you came to me and said, hey, listen, I'm beating the crap out of my wife every night. Uh, I might not be a bad friend. Well, I think actually in some regards I would be a bad friend by not doing something about that. But let's just, for, uh, for argument's sake, I might not be a bad friend if I don't, in your mind, if I don't say anything. But I might be a bad human being at that point because I'm allowing somebody to get the crap beat out of them every night. And... Honestly, the, the rights of the victim is outweigh the rights of the perpetrator, right? So, very difficult topic. I can't answer who you can talk to or who you can't talk to. What I can answer is this. You still need to do it. Okay, that's the bottom line. You need to do it, and you might, you need to be aware of the fact that you might have to face consequences. Now, I would say do some research. Again, look at your local state laws. See what, you know, I don't know what porn fuel violence is. Again, you're not quantifying it, which I'm glad, right? But maybe what you're talking about isn't technically illegal. It's just kind of morally wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's something that if you go to a pastor about, they don't have to report you. But if you go to a counselor, they do have to report you. I don't know. So you're going to have to do that research. Regardless, though, of the answer you come up with, you got to get some help. Because it's not going to get any better. All right? Being fearful of the potential punishment that comes along with it 
it's not a good excuse to not do anything and not seek some help because it's just most likely going to get worse. And then what happens if, if your violence turns a corner and now you kill somebody? Now where are you? Right? Like, it, it only goes downhill from there, bro. So you, I'm assuming it's a guy, but you need to do something. And, and unfortunately, sometimes means owning up, manning up, if you will. And yeah, sometimes you got to take your licks. And I know that sucks. And I know it, it, it's, it's not particularly, again, inspiring or helpful. Uh, you know, well, helpful in terms of you were hoping for a great answer. But it's just the truth. And, and it's the hard truth. I mean, you, you just got to own it and, and come what may, right? I mean, we, there are consequences to all our actions, good or bad. And we have to face them. There's no way, there's no way around it. Right? You always have to face your consequences. God forgives you, right? Um, but in terms of your behavior, there's always consequences to your behavior. And, and that's just the fact of life. So true. So true. I think we've all experienced that in, in many different ways. All right. Next question. Yeah. Probably not any easier. But I've blown up my life, and I believe God has left me. I don't think okay. he loves me anymore, and I'm, I've exhausted his grace. He has to hate me. Is this true? Will God eventually walk away from me? Actually, I, this one is easier for me because um, <clears throat> this one, the, la the, the, the last couple I was working with some unknown, right, unknown factors. This one I can answer pretty easily. You might not like the answer or you might disagree with the answer, but I can answer it pretty easily. Uh, will God give up on you? No. Uh, does God run out of grace? No. Uh, can you do anything to the point where he just gets sick of you? No. Uh, all this is in the Bible. It's very clear in Scripture. Uh, God's never-ending love. Yes, sometimes we get hung up on the, on the Old Testament. What we see is the Old Testament judgmental, vengeful God. But even then, when we look at that stuff, a lot of times we're reading it out of the proper context. And we're, we're, we're not recognizing or seeing... The, the mercy and the grace that comes along that, right? There's, there's actually love, like correct, part of correction is love, right? So sometimes God corrects us. Well, not sometimes, always. God corrects us out of love. He never corrects us because, well, I'm just going to teach you uh, because I'm sick of taking your crap, right? That, that's not how he works. You, you can't exhaust that. Now, I think we talked about this a little last week, but yeah, some caveats here. First of all, obviously, just because he has endless grace doesn't mean you then uh, take that for granted and say, well, God will just forgive me a hundred times, so I'll just sin a hundred times. Like, no, of course, like, there's some personal responsibility to try to do better, right? Uh, you need to do that, but, but that doesn't mean his grace will ever run empty. It, I think this was actually a few episodes we talked about this, but generally speaking, when people say, hey, I think God gave up on me, or God's distant from me, or God doesn't want me. It's not God walking away from you, it's you walking away from God, right? It's the fact that you're filled with shame, shame's a big thing, you're filled with condemnation, you're filled with guilt, and so in your mind, God can't possibly deal with this, he can't possibly look at me and love me, so I'm going to walk over here rather than deal with it. And he's still there, saying, dude, where are you going? Like, no. Let's, let's do this. Let's get through this thing together. Uh, I would tell you that, honestly, I think 
sometimes we get hung up on righteousness and unrighteousness and all this all this Bible language, right? And we equate so much of it down to, well, am I ma- if I'm making the good choices, then God loves me, and if I'm making the bad choices, uh, God doesn't love me. And I would tell you that the choices are honestly probably in many ways less important than the motive behind those choices. I can do the right thing all day long and do it for the wrong reason all day long. Okay? Could start a church, grow it to 100,000 people, see people being saved every week and baptisms and blah, 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 and you know all that happy stuff, right? But if I'm doing it because I just want to be the center of attention and it's my way to gain significance and uh, maybe I can pull in a six-figure or seven-figure salary at the same time and like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's great stuff I'm doing, but I'm doing it for the wrong reason. So, now again, the wrong choices are the wrong choices. I'm not going to say, like, well, you can do the wrong choices for the right reason. They're, they're, I don't want to get into all that because there are, there are situations where you might say that. But, um, but again, I think the main thing is the heart. So if God sees that you're actively working and pursuing on improving in this area and you're actively repenting and asking for forgiveness, and it's not just this trite, worldly, they call worldly forgiveness or worldly repentance where it's just, hey, I'm just going to repent and say I'm sorry, God, to get it off my chest so I can move on and feel better about my day. But no, it's like legitimate, what God calls legitimate repentance, which is, hey, I'm legitimately sorry I did this and that I hurt your heart, that I didn't trust you, that I wanted to trust myself more than what your promise is. Like if that's the type of repentance you're bringing to him every time, yeah, you, you might fall once, you might fall twice, you might fall a hundred times. But if you're going to keep up, if you keep getting up and you keep going and you're serious about it and you keep coming to him, mm. he's going to be there every single time. That's so. good. Well, our last question. Should married couples talk about what they want to do with each other in marital sex and foreplay in marriage? Yes. <laughs> it's the truth. Can I stop? No. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly that simple. Yes, yes, they should talk about it. Now, of course, you know, be careful how you talk about it, right? I mean, you don't want to just come in and say, hey, you know what, I, next, time we, uh, next time we're going to make love, I thought I'd, I'd do this and do this and do that to you, and you better like it. Like, of course, that would be bad, right? But, but sit down with your spouse and say, hey, these are kind of like my likes and dislikes and these are your likes and dislikes and what's on the table and what's off. And and then if you have a disagreement about it, talking it through and coming to a resolution one way or the other, hey, if this makes you, we talked about this before too, if this makes you uncomfortable, if this, you, if in some regards you feel it's demeaning, uh, if you feel it's hurting you, if it's painful, yeah, you stay away from that stuff, right? Stay away from it. But, um, but yeah, just more couples need to talk about sex, if anything. More couples do. Hey, honey, when you do that, it doesn't feel so good. And then we need to be able to hear it and not get offended. Right? And, oh, oh, what are you saying? I'm bad in bed? No, I'm just saying that particular thing that you think is uh, you know, <laughs> your mamba jamba, it doesn't feel good for me. So let's stop that and try something else. Okay, great. Let's try it. It's going to make you both much, much happier in the end. So yeah, absolutely. Talk about it all day long. Just be careful how you talk about it. Be respectful of each other. Be sensitive to each other's needs. And again, I would say go in with the with the mutual understanding that 
No one's going to get offended. Okay, I'm just telling you what feels good, what doesn't, what I like, what I don't. Don't be offended by it. You know, we'll have a mutual agreement here. And I think if you enter it in a healthy way with those parameters, it's it's only going to Absolutely. Yeah, it's only going to benefit your sex life. It's always it's good to talk with your spouse about everything. Most everything. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the last question. <laughs> cool. Well, you know what? I'm glad it's the last one because those first two really uh, got my head head spinning. That was a Absolutely. lot. So, But, I mean, hey, I'm glad they wrote in those questions. That's why we do this type of thing, office hours, because some of these are really specific questions that you're just not going to find on a blog post, right? Or, or you're going to feel really uncomfortable asking someone in your church and uh, hey, I'll answer it all day long. So um, anyway, folks, if you're listening or especially if you're watching on YouTube, if you have comments or whatever, please leave them in the comments box. We'll always get back to you or we'll always try to get back to you. More importantly, though, if you heard something in this episode or it just made you think of something else that you have a legitimate question about, go to triplexchurch.com forward slash office dash hours and submit your question. And we will absolutely answer it in an upcoming Absolutely. So, thank you very much, Neil. Appreciate you as always, buddy. Uh, Folks, have a great weekend, and we will be back with another Office Hours session. Thanks for joining us for this week's Office Hours. Have questions you need answered? Submit them at triplexchurch.com slash office dash hours, and then tune in next week to hear what we got to say. Until then, 